a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect brought to you by our friends at the Megaplex Theaters, the best and only place in Utah you should see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness on an IMAX screen as it was meant to be. This strange sequel to the first film takes you to a darker side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is no surprise considering the director Sam Raimi is at the helm and he made a name for himself, if you haven't seen these, with the Evil Dead Horror Trilogy, 1981's Evil Dead, 1986, I think, Evil Dead 2, and then 1993 with uh, Army of Darkness, which I thought was hilarious. That was the first of the Evil Dead trilogy that I saw, and uh, I actually didn't realize that it was him who also did the Spider-Man movies. I didn't realize those two were connected, but... Here's the interesting thing about Doctor Strange before we dig in too deep. Raimi only joined the project after the departure of the original director from the original Doctor Strange, Scott Derrickson. So this could have been a very different movie, and we'll talk about that as we get going in the podcast. But uh, Raimi's indelible style evident throughout. The last we saw of Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he was fixing the problem his memory-erasing spell caused in Spider-Man No Way Home which inadvertently allowed people from other universes to come to this one. That will be a big key as we discuss both spoiler-free and a spoiler-filled deep dive in this episode of Fan Effect. We're excited today on the podcast to uh, dive into the multiverse again with our lovely returning guest, Natalie Molinay, and my... Oh, I should turn on your mics. <laughs> Rude. There's that, Natalie. She's lovely, and she's better seen and not heard, I guess. <laughs> I'm not saying that, not at all. And also my witchy co-host, Kellyanne Halverson. Kellyanne, wow. why do you describe yourself as witchy? Because I, I would never describe you that way. <laughs> I just love Halloween and things like that and lore. And Scarlet Today witchy. is Friday the 13th. And her wow. hair is purple. That is it true. Is, it is a little purple right now. Yeah. It, needs, it needs another. Speaking of up. Friday the 13th, we're a week late doing this. Let's be honest. And I need to apologize right now to my niece, Sammy, in England, <laughs> who was very upset when she was riding back from seeing Doctor Strange last Friday. That there was no podcast for her to listen to analyzing the film as she drove home, which is their tradition. They go and see the Marvel movie, and then they listen to Fan Effect on the way home from the theater, because it's like an hour's drive back from London. That's so nice. Because it's all fresh in their mind, and there's a chance to talk about it. So I'm sorry to my nieces in England that they did not have this soon enough, but now you can go see it again and listen to it on the way home. Uh, But we needed to make sure that we had all three of us here to discuss this since we saw it together and schedule-wise. Here we are. And that's okay because, you know, there's a lot being said about uh, Doctor Strange over the last week. Uh, Natalie, let's uh, make sure we introduce you properly for maybe people who are new to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I used to work here with my buddies at KSL. And then um, I decided to go on to a different role as an account executive with WeCodeWord. We're the largest independent communications and integrated marketing agencies in the world. And we do it for like- The world. I know. (laughs) The multiverse? Yeah, the whole the whole multiverse. Wow. Like I'm interested to see what versions of Natalie are in the other multiverses. I'd be terrified There's to see. There's one that still works here at KSL, obviously. <laughs> well, if we do it based on dreams, I actually tweeted out. I was like, I have a, I have other multiverses in Harry Potter, 
uh-huh. in the Avengers. Uh-huh. I escaped a cult recently in one of my dreams. Oh, wow! And then um, another one is that I hang out with a lot of skeletons. Uh, ooh, I started an apocalypse in one this this week uh, when a comet landed. So there you go. There we go. We're uh, some little villains in in the other one. See, witchy. Yeah, works out. Well, I should also say if I'm trying to give myself credit for being a nerd, yes, I've been on the Fan Effect podcast maybe four or five times in the past. I talk a lot about Disney and Marvel. Yay! I'm a mother of when two. When you talk, when I talk, hey, I'm being a lot more vocal. Andy <laughs> makes me angry because his. His things make me angry, his ideas. And then. My ideas make you angry. <laughs> and arguments. And arguments. <laughs> I'm a celebrity panelist for um, Fanex here in Salt Lake, and I run my own um, pop culture blog. We're actually rebranding it to be Nerd Knowledge upcoming soon. So all of the social says Nerd Knowledge. And we'll eventually get that. The pop- actual web address changed. Yeah, well, right actually, now it's still pop. It's knowledge. still pop knowledge, but we're going to change it to nerd knowledge. I like that. I love the alliteration, which you know Stanley does too. So we're 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 good here. Peter with all Parker, that. Reed Richards, <laughs> Silver Surfer. No, it's true. He did. It he is, alliterated yeah. as many. J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. By the way, I always thought it was Jameson, but it was Jameson, like J A M E S O N. I had to. I, I spelled That's it James I like whenever I'd write it down, I spelled it J A M I S O N. That's completely neither here nor there. And we're not even in the correct technically universe now, because as we learned from uh, Spider Man No Way Home, mm-hmm. maybe he's in the universe, maybe he's not. And we're in a universe where no one knows who Spider Man is now. It's true, it's except for altered. we do. So it well, was obviously not a multiversal so. spell, or which we wouldn't That's be able true. to remember Tom Holland at all. And maybe in a few years, Tom Holland wishes that spell worked so he could have some peace and quiet. But Him and Zendaya living life together. In one multiverse, they'll never break up. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Doctor Strange. Our first segment, we're going to do a spoiler-free review for those of you who maybe haven't seen it and you know kind of want to get the nerd take on it. Before you go, uh, unfortunately, this is one of the more difficult, uh, even more than some other Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one's a hard one to talk about without spoilers. And so I'm my experience based off what I'd seen in the trailers, that a character you meet within like a minute on screen, I didn't recall that character being featured prominently in any of the trailers. The character is in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And they even have a line in the trailer. But I thought that that line was just a random person who was standing nearby. Look out, Doctor Strange. A bus is coming at you. It was actually a character from the movie. So they didn't do a lot to promote this particular character. And so that's why when I was trying to write the review for TV, I was like, gosh, I really can't say a whole lot much more than we last saw Doctor Strange fixing the problem in Spider-Man. And now here's a new movie. I liked it. I can't tell you about it. Go see it. But because I didn't scary. want to ruin it for fans. And there was yeah. and there was a little scary. And and a lot of my issues with this movie are, are based solely on – we'll get to that. But it, they're based solely on what I would like – well, yeah, I, I, without digging into it right now. So we'll get it's back hard. to this. I feel like there's going to be a lot of shouting between me and Andy during this podcast. Why are we going to shout? We'll, I'm calm. We'll see. Are you going to get worked up, I just up, ate Natalie? a Tootsie Roll. Oh. I gave her sugar. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, all right. So here is the setup for Doctor Strange. Um, We've got um, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme of Earth. He held that title once. It now belongs to Wong, played by Benedict Wong. But when a girl with the ability to travel between universes shows up on Earth with powerful beings chasing after her, Strange has to turn to Wong and then his former Avengers friend, Wanda Maximoff, for help. Maximoff has been living in self-isolation since the events of uh, the Disney Plus TV series WandaVision. Um, 
So to avoid spoilers, multiple universes are visited. Characters meet different versions of themselves and others. And each character must examine how far they're willing to go and what they're willing to do in order to achieve their desires, some of which are at odds with each other, Mm -hmm. hence the conflict. And I can also say, if you think you know what's going to happen in the movie just from watching the trailers, you're almost 100% probably going to be wrong. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint. (laughs) No, that's okay, because that's what we want, right? We get mad when the trailers spoil the story for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This... The trailers do not spoil the story, and I mean, I had my theories based on the trailers of of what I was going to see, and it didn't turn out to be that way. Yeah, uh, and we'll talk about too uh, because uh, it's there's just no way to avoid the cross pollination. I mean, we even in just the, giving the setup, we had mm-hmm. to talk about Wandavision, and so the cross uh, pollination from uh, the Marvel TV series that we have on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Must we'll discuss whether or not they're necessary, but I will say this: uh, a lot of uh, I saw a lot of things before we started, before the movie came out. That was okay. You need to watch this. You need to watch this. You need to watch this. I can honestly say, the only thing that would really help with watching, meaning as you're watching the story, you might not understand what's going on. Uh, is WandaVision. Yes. That's the yeah. only one you really should watch. Yep. You can still get by without it because they do talk about, you know, the the aftermath. Mm-hmm. But understanding the motivations and kind of where uh, Wanda Maximoff is going into the movie, it's really helpful it's, to have seen that series because if the last time you saw her was in Endgame, mm-hmm. then a lot has transpired for her since then that explains motivations and different things that happen. It's just more impactful uh, if you see WandaVision ahead of time. And you might want to also see Loki, not just because it's amazing, but it'll also help you understand multiverses a little bit more. Right, but, I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home kind of took care of that for you. So that's what I was going to say. So people said you should watch Loki. They said you should watch, um, uh, what was the other one that they said you should watch? What If. What If. And I thought that, too. You don't have to see them. Mm -mm. From what happens in the movie... It do- no, it does. Absolutely, it adds totally. to it. But really, the stuff you take from What If and Loki is more kind of conceptual stuff, like mm-hmm. here's why things didn't or did happen in this movie, but they're not so critical to the story that you're, you're sitting there going, gee, I wonder why, for Loki, I wonder why there's no team of people trying to prevent <laughs> the multiverse from being no breached. Nobody thinks that if you're watching Doctor Strange without having seen Loki, in mm-hmm. particular, the Time Variance Authority, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and nobody thinks, um, you know, that there wasn't there wasn't as a direct a tie to what if as I thought there was going to yeah, be. There same. was, but there wasn't. But it was yeah. very vague. Like, yes. You wouldn't even need to. You would still appreciate it if you saw Doctor Strange. It was more even fun. What if it yeah. was more fun than because you're than like, oh yeah, direct reference. Was right. what if. Yeah, 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 that's so cool. Well, and also like this movie was actually supposed to come out before uh, Spider Man. Yes. Um, and so that required some plot rewriting, uh, yep. some plot rewriting and things like that. So, so this was supposed to be the first crossover into the multiverse mm-hmm. and Spider-Man No Way Home was supposed to be the second. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody can argue, uh, I guess, since we don't know exactly how the story would have been, maybe mm-hmm. someday on the DVD release or the. the yeah, because they do mention Spider-Man in the movie. Yeah, because like, we have a lot of bug themed superheroes. Like right. Spider-Man, but you also have that, Ant-Man. But you never say. But, but you also but have he Ant-Man. does say Spider-Man, though, because they talk about Spider-Man. I don't think he does. No, he no, does. They do. They do. I saw it. Last they talk night about the web out of the butt. Remember with America I think that's Chavez. in the trailer, so you could say that. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Well, anyway, I was thinking, he says a lot of bug-themed superheroes, and the only one I could think of besides Spider-Man was Ant-Man, yeah. so unless there Lost was some Spider-Man. other one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But, all right. 
But he's also they're, talking to them. He's supposed to forget Spider-Man too. I know, oh, no, no, they, they, no, no, they're not supposed to forget Spider-Man. They're only supposed to forget yeah, that Peter, Peter Parker. Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, does, does like how is he supposed to call Spider-Man if he doesn't know who Peter Parker is? Right. So it's yeah. So I, I did notice that the second watching. <laughs> this, We're is, getting, this is going off in a different this direction. Is our spoiler right. free segment. Okay, you guys so, have all seen Spider-Man, right? The most recent. Okay, good, good. good. So spoiler free. The things that I like most, the visual effects, I think is as yes. gorgeous and impressive as anything Marvel's done so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a mountaintop battle in the Himalayas. There's a creature that tears through Salt, uh, Salt Lake. <laughs> New York City. It would be awesome if it tore through Salt Lake. So I'd love to see that. Uh, and then, then that the top where we're talking about the, <laughs> the governor would use a, was a it a bat tennis, or a tennis, a tennis racket? racket. <laughs> uh, that's a reference to Sharknado, Sharknado 4 where a shark flies into the Utah State Capitol and the actual sitting governor of the state at the time in the movie... Hits it back out with a tennis racket. So I was an extra in that movie. Uh, maybe oh, that's. I need to do that. Were you really? Be fun. Yeah, they they did it at Fanex. Sharknado oh. Four. If you live in Salt Lake City, that's literally the only reason you should ever watch it, <laughs> or any of the movies in the series. But okay. at any rate, uh, strange oh. when he blasts through the multiple multiverses, like we said, the scene where it, and each one is oh, like beautiful. a completely different thing. And, and I'll let you see it for yourself for the different thing. You see a clip of it in the trailer when mm-hmm. his face comes apart into blocks. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, you go through 20 different universes. I didn't realize it was 20. Yeah, but I saw that crazy someone cool. to take like account the, of that. It's like the jumps in Guardians. Right. face gets all distorted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah. did it to remind me of that. Well, the, okay. So yeah, the graphics were amazing. That was yeah. something, you know. They're only going to get better, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, and and another thing, you know, we're we're twenty years in from green screen acting. A lot of the people from, you know, Spider Man, the first Spider Man movie, and then uh, especially in Attack of the Clones from Star Wars, they they talked about how difficult it was to learn how to act to the green screen, where all the characters are going to be animated in later, so they have marks for them to put for eye lines and yeah. things. Mm-hmm. But now that actors have had 20 years to kind of work with that and especially those who've been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe before it's it's really a lot more of a seamless oh yeah thing it didn't it doesn't feel like you're I mean I guess you know a literal person could say oh it's obviously special effects cuz they can't fly or that cloak <laughs> can't do that by itself but the the fact that it looks so natural yeah. Yeah. Uh, is is a is a nice improvement it doesn't it is wire work, but it doesn't look as much like wire work as it used to. So Definitely. Yeah. that's great. Uh, I took a little time, but after the kind of sort of standard Marvel intro, it became a movie that we haven't had. Totally. And it really, it went kind of horror movie. And yeah. that's Sam Raimi's style. And that's why I said, I don't know if the original version of Doctor Strange 2 with uh, Scott Derrickson was going to go horror because I don't, I haven't well, Scott read Derrickson, anywhere. He d- he's done a lot of horror films too. Right, but yeah. he left over creative differences. Although he remained on as an executive producer, so yeah. he didn't. He well, didn't, yeah, give, up, he didn't give up his financial stake in the movie, but he did have to give up his say so. But um, well, and this is the first one where the genre is listed as horror, and right? It definitely yeah. is, within and, it, and it is for mm-hmm. sure. But uh, I also thought, well, and this is one of Sam Raimi's strengths. Now I'm going to complain later <laughs> about how that it's going to be, you know. I'm disappointed that it's not a, a general audience's type of movie because it yeah. isn't. No. But I did think he does a good job of straddling the line so it didn't have to go to R but still manages to manufacture some of the elements that people enjoy in horror mm-hmm. movies without mm-hmm. necessarily having to uh, – you know, there's a scene that you can see in the trailer where uh, Wanda walks out of some mist and it looks like she's got blood running down her face. Holy Carrie. Yeah. yeah. But when you on closer look, it's not blood. Mm-hmm. And yeah. but for a second, I was like, 
And savage. Wow, that's uh, that's not something I expected. But yeah. but he 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 walks the line because it is still a Marvel movie and yes. it does still mm-hmm. have to have a PG thirteen rating. It has to. Mm-hmm. They, they, again, well they cut they cut thirty five we'll forty minutes later. out. So we well, don't but know they what. always film so much extra stuff anyway. And I hope we get to see it all. Oh, and they man. took out a. We they, will. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about radar later. But yeah, there was a, as much blood as. You have to have an radar movie to make a radar. Right. And that's, I'm sure, by design. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying by the tricks of having it be oil on the face, even though mm-hmm. at a glance from a distance, you're sure it's blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But having said that, uh, I love Danny Elfman's score. That was the best part of it for me. I, I would, even last night rewatching it, I'm, I'm, there's particularly one scene where I can't even explain it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The music is such an important part of it. And throughout it as well. But it's worth it just to see it. For now, here's a cryptic tease. Yeah, really here's good. a cryptic tease if you haven't seen the movie yet. It has one of the most unique battle of the bands that yes. you'll ever see. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And that'll make more sense. It's not exactly what you're thinking, just like everything else you think going mm-hmm. into the movie. Mm-hmm. But you'll know what I mean when you see the scene. Well, it did so good mixing in past themes and things yep. we would recognize yep. from culture and, and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, love Danny Elfman. Musical cues are a big thing for me. I've, I've always loved the soundtracks to movies. I would say, uh, I don't know, 60% of the music that I own, as far as like that I keep on my phone for listening whenever I want, movie soundtracks. Yeah. Movie soundtracks. Uh, I, have a ten hour, I have a 10 hour soundtrack playlist I on just, Spotify. <laughs> I, I, I just, I love it. And I, mm-hmm. it's great to kind of play the movie out in your mind when you hear it. Um, I also thought, speaking of the way the movie plays out in your mind, I was, I, I liked how the story didn't go. Exactly where it seemed like it was going. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. said, you think you know where it's going. It doesn't. And I liked that. I liked that it wasn't pulled from a specific story in Marvel Comics that would be like, oh, well, this is going to happen next and this is going to happen next. We're 28 movies in, so they can really do what they want at this point. They've created their own canon that they can refer back to or pick mm-hmm. and choose stuff out of out of comic. And I like that. I like that it puts everyone on the same ground. As much as I like that I know these stories – from having read the comic books, feels like a payoff for all the years of being a lonely teenager. But, <laughs> but I also like that I, when we go in, me and a kid who hasn't read the comics, I might have an idea or I might recognize a character faster. But A, it doesn't mean that the character is going to be the exact same as I saw them in mm-hmm. yeah. in the comic, but I'll recognize the name. Oh, that's going to mean something later. <laughs> but I, And then speaking of that, the film is so full of Easter eggs, I joke that it probably should have come out in April, closer to Easter <laughs> itself, because there was some. Thank you very much. But they were all enjoyable little Easter eggs. And I right? maybe I even missed some. I, I was reading some fan stuff, uh, I don't know, probably Collider or something like that, that had, are these all the Easter eggs you missed in Doctor Strange? And I caught a lot of them. Those. I will say that at the very end, um, the first post credit scene, I did not realize exact I mean I knew who the, the the actor was playing the person but I didn't wasn't sure exactly who the character was at first yeah, I actually thought I it was it I thought yeah. it was somebody else but uh, then it was like oh duh I should have well, realized that's who it was but and that's the thing spoiler free there's two cutscenes right but the there only one that you need to stay for yeah the, oh. the last one is a laugh out loud the last one's a joke oh, and a funny reference to yes. army of darkness yes, yes. Yep. but at any rate so that so, was the things I liked what about you guys anything that you liked that we haven't that I didn't bring up or what, what? spoiler free spoiler free I just love that it was a horror film I, I'm not gonna lie like I love my Marvel films I love them so much but um, even after seeing Shang-Chi and the Eternals I'm like these are just superhero films and now that I'm getting older and I've you know had 10 years of them I just wanted to see Marvel kind of come out in a new light and so having it as a horror film was actually like really like oh this is kind of nice to have my favorite characters like Doctor Strange and Wanda and Wong I'll be there 
but in a different type of movie. So I, I agree with you that it, he did a great job at making a horror film, but also having the Marvel aspects to all of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that this is like the next phase for Marvel is making, um, you know, genre films that still um, incorporate our favorite characters within them instead of having generic superhero films. I kind of, yeah, I like that too. And just, just building off that, I'm not a horror fan. Like I, I get so scared so easily, but I enjoyed this and it made me think maybe I can handle a little bit more, more horror in life. Maybe yeah. I, I can actually watch things like, like scream or, or no, anything like can't. that. And don't, I can't. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a big line that they stayed behind. My limit is haunting of Hill House on Netflix. That's my line for horror. Oh, I, I don't even know that. Cause it has to end like in a good way. So if you're worried about seeing this movie because it's horror film, it won't leave you feeling sick. Like most horror films do. After you see them, but I wouldn't. Yeah, it's definitely there are more plot points that are kind of important, not just a shock value type of situation and yeah. raising the stakes and such. I would not bring like my niece and nephew who are in elementary school or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I like, would not bring it. anyone probably fourteen or younger. Yeah, to yeah. This movie. It's, well, it's definitely scared easily. It says it's rated PG thirteen for intense sequences of violence and action, frightening images, and some language. That's the official MPAA listing for it. I said I would maybe not go any younger than 10 or 11. I think mm-hmm. that a 10 or 11-year-old who's – and again, everybody has – you know, if you're, if you're the parent or guardian of somebody at that age, you should know what their sensitivities are. Yeah. Right. Like my nephew probably can handle it. He's nine, uh, but he loves stuff like this. And he uh, – when he was four, he went and snuck down and watched Jaws and it became his like favorite movie because, you know, he, I would talk about it, which I feel kind of bad. Um and so he probably could handle it, but his sister could not. <laughs> There's definitely a difference, though, in like the horror that want that yes. not WandaVision, but that Doctor Strange brings, and that it's not like it's not like Jaws. It's more like a paranormal kind of thing, yes, rather which than I like, love the paranormal. Actual, I, love I like paranormal, paranormal scary things, but mm-hmm. definitely know that there is just a kind of a different horror aspect to it. It's mm-hmm. not a murder going around with a chainsaw. It's um, kind of a it's diff- character development. It's it's meant for a reason. Like yeah, the, and the, the story of the film is wonderful. The music is wonderful. The costuming and the production value. Oh yeah, <gasps> I do love Wanda's new look. I do. I love her new. She look. looks which awesome. is actually the closest thing to comic accurate they've done with her so far. Really? So, yeah. Besides her with actual that little visor on the head. Vision. Yeah, yeah, the one that was super <laughs> that was red. That's such true. a great one. Now here's the thing. So if you're not sure what we're talking about, there's some scenes feature people endlessly being chased by a fearsome, relentless, and seemingly unstoppable. Foe. That's like a horror trait, uh-huh. kind of like with Jason chasing you in Friday the 13th kind dun, dun, of a thing, dun, dun, uh, or a shark coming up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. There's scenes from nightmares that have come to life, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, uh, evil spirits, zombies, and and then several gruesome deaths, although yeah. almost, all, yeah. of the, almost all of them were bloodless. Yeah. If you've yeah. seen Lord of the Rings, you can probably handle those deaths. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But content-sensitive parents, I think, should consider seeing the movie themselves before they take their younger kids. Yeah. Definitely. I would not take my four-year-old. <laughs> but, like, anyone four- mature enough? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Two-hour, four-minute runtime. Not bad. Could have been longer, actually, since there was 40 minutes of cut so stuff. I'm hoping we'll I actually get was surprised someday. they cut it down to two hours. Uh, any other thoughts that we haven't talked about, Kellyanne? Or For spoiler-free, um, great story, great performances, I liked it. Go. Yeah, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is fantastic in it. He loves playing Doctor Strange. He said that in a recent interview, but he kind of what what I said, he hopes that Marvel, he said Marvel has the capacity to make films, great films. So uh, he hopes also, too, that, you know, he gets a chance to really shine 
through Doctor Strange mm-hmm. in these in upcoming films that he's going to be in. And which the, we'll see what he'll be in. But when Elizabeth Olsen in it, her performance is that her name, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Elizabeth. Oh, I oh. cried. She's Mary Kate and Ashley's little I, sister. I know yeah. that's why I'm like, did I just say the twins? It was probably things? like three movies in before I realized that she was their sister. Oh, yeah, she I didn't is know for a while. so good in this. Which Even just the way she moves and her. I kept like because she I'm doing little hand things like I'm doing a, a spell here. I mean, a lot of her role would have been in front of a green screen in this movie too. And she did fantastic. She does. She is phenomenal. When we in get this. to the spoiler part, like her storyline is what really mm. drove me through this movie because right, I felt right. like the story is something that has been told before. But she, yeah, her motivation in this movie is really good. It's such a different motivation than yeah. you're used to seeing from from. A superhero. Well, I will yeah. say this. If we don't get to the spoiler part soon, <laughs> okay. people will have okay. listened to a podcast that's as long as the movie that we're trying not to spoil. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just we'll so stop. I we'll could stop. point that out. We'll I will it. say this. A lot to take in on the first viewing. Mm-hmm. So it'll help to have this podcast after you see Doctor Strange because we're going to help you kind of process well, all the stuff but, that you and saw. And I liked the therapy. movie even more seeing it the second time. Okay. And see, I've only seen it the one time so far. So, uh, well, all right. That's enough for the spoiler free. I gave it three out of four stars on KSL TV. I say uh, I was a little disappointed that I couldn't take my nine-year-old to it, but we'll debate that very, apparently very hotly in the next segment because uh, Natalie wants to fight me over this. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Fan Effect, Doctor Strange Deep Dive. I'm Andy Farnsworth, Natalie Molinay, and, and uh, Kellyanne Halverson. Sorry, it's been a long <laughs> week. I'm tired. We're here. Now okay. it's time to get into the good stuff, the spoilers. You've already seen the movie, so there's nothing that we can ruin here. Last chance uh, for those of you who haven't to uh, come back to this exact bookmark spot when you're done seeing Doctor Strange. But all right, let's get into it. Uh, first of all, what was the biggest spoiler that uh, you're just like, what, when you saw it? John Krasinski. Yeah. <laughs> we all knew about Xavier. We, we all knew, we all about, knew about Patrick Stewart. Anyway, here's an interesting question. Do you think it would have been better if we didn't know Patrick Stewart was going to be in it? Because they gave that I away in the trailer. Been My better. brother didn't see the trailers, and he said his hand flew up to his mouth when he heard Patrick Stewart's voice. Oh. So he hadn't seen it, and he was like, what? Yeah, so that, would it have been, would have better been better if Marvel hadn't spoiled it for us in the trailer? That would have been better. But John Krasinski. I can't say his last John name. John Krasinski. Krasinski. Um, <laughs> Jim from The Office is Mr. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm, I'm not an Office fan. So oh, for me it's, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I, how about I, this? I need to walk um, out so of this for me it's more right the, now. The, the, the quiet Jack place. Ryan from Amazon Prime <laughs> is also Mr. Fantastic. 
<laughs> uh, if he's not, if he's uh, the guy, the dad from A Quiet Place is also Mr. I lo- Fantastic. I loved that. I loved, um, even though they kind of hinted in everything, that Wanda was a, the villain, but she wasn't the villain. Like, I know that's not necessarily a spoiler, but nobody knew what she was going to no, do. Nobody if knew you how. look in the marketing materials, they were very careful not to give even the slightest hint. Because she went bad quick oh, in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. as soon as the whole facade of the apple orchards the was dropped. dropped. In fact, that actually explains the post credit scene of WandaVision yes. is her yeah. in the dark hold was her and the Wanda that was out in the orchards was not her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... So Wanda becomes the villain for a majority of the film. Uh, I wouldn't say that surprised me because as soon as it happened, I remembered reading somewhere at least a couple years ago that the plan was for Wanda to be the villain. Mm -hmm. And so I was more surprised at the end of WandaVision when she seems to like actually feel bad for what she did because I thought it was going to be a direct – they force her out of Westview and now she's, you know – But that's She's not even apologizing essentially kind of a thing. She – uh, it, it, essentially, that's what happened. But, ooh, the, but whole the whole thing with thing the dark, dark hold and her kids, I've oh. got a whole big question that I'm anxious to debate on that. So, <laughs> but anyway, so the, the big spoiler, I, I would say, I, what's the biggest spoiler for me? <laughs> well, I, think, I agree that I think the, the biggest surprise for me spoiler. was seeing that Anson Mount was there as Black Bolt. Because he played yeah. Black Bolt, the guy with the fork on his head, yeah, for those yeah. of you who maybe don't know who that is. It's their Black He played him character. in the Inhumans TV show that was terrible that Marvel has tried to make you forget. <laughs> so they brought him in to be I, – I didn't realize it was the same character because he was in full costume this time. And I don't – I never actually watched the Inhumans series. But Anson Mount is also currently Captain Pike on the Star Trek Strange yeah. New Worlds TV we got, show. We got a I was like Star Trek captains I know. Uh, so the Illuminati – was probably the coolest thing, even though we kind of expected that it was coming. Yeah. Uh, in the comics, the Illuminati was uh, Doctor Strange. In the comics, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Namor, who Marvel doesn't currently have the rights for the MCU to use, uh, Mister Fantastic, and Black Bolt, and Charles Xavier. So I mean, there was like five or six of them, and most of them were there. And then they obviously had to swap some out because the Doctor Strange from that universe died, and so it's yeah. it's a uh, Baron Mordo is what he goes by in the comics, but Mordo uh, is the Sorcerer Supreme. And then, I guess since they didn't have Namor, they bring in Captain Marvel, which made sense. And it's Mm -hmm. not Carol Danvers, it's uh, Maria Rambeau. uh, Peggy Carter. And then Agent Carter. So the question. (laughs) That was cool. That made me happy. As a female, I'm like, before I forget. Heck yeah. (laughs) Oh, but the way she died was like, oh. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh, wait, we can talk about it. No, we can talk about that. (laughs) We're in the spoilers. So that was part of. I was a little bit surprised. How easily she took them apart, like uh, the way Captain the, the way Captain uh, yeah. Carter died was like what? Wow! I know. I'm a little surprised that you could take out Captain Marvel with just a really heavy heavy statue falling on you, and also that it took her that long to actually take out Captain Carter, right? The one with really not any superpowers at all. Um, she does. She's she well, she's got the, the super, super serum. I know she's a super serum, but she but also apparently it doesn't like, protect you from a shield cutting you in half. <laughs> That was probably the most shocking death was that they cut her in half with her own shield and there was blood, I think, dripping off yeah, the shield. Yeah, there was shield. You don't, like, see the... No, you don't see her <laughs> in two pieces, her, thankfully. Yeah. You but see her fall. I would say that was probably the most surprising moment for me was that, that she died that way. I thought maybe she'd survive or something, but they're all dead. Um, that but that seems like the crux of the movie, so... That was uh, a great podcast. I, that's you have the question is, should we, should we just dissect that right now or should we go over the plot of the movie a little bit Let's and Let's go over the plot a little bit more. So... Quick plot synopsis. America Chavez from a different reality is with Doctor Strange. They're being chased by Shuma Gorath, the one-eyed 
one horned flying purple people Lizard. eater. Um, octopus thing. But at any rate, so he manages to follow them through the portal. Uh, Doctor Strange dies in trying to save her, but not before he thinks, I better take her power so that they can't, uh, which, of course, betrays her trust and makes her not trust any Doctor Stranges anymore, or really anybody, because she thinks they're all just going to do the same thing to her. Um, so now that she's on Earth 616, which is uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we get that explained later by uh, uh, by Doctor Strange's lady. I can't think of her name suddenly. Oh the scene. Yeah. Christina? Christine. Yeah, Christine. Christine Palmer, Dr. Palmer, Rachel McAdams' character, um, who Dr. Strange is at her wedding. And in the te- in the trailer, you thought, oh, maybe Dr. Strange is getting married. Or like in another universe, he did marry. Or in another, but Sad. he didn't, apparently, in any of the universes. I but we kind of knew that because it was a fixed point in time. No, it was a fixed point in time that he doesn't get to be with, Dr. with, with Christine. Yep. I mean, we learned that from What If. He was trying so hard right. to... Uh, undo her death in that but they were like that's a fixed point you can't they also did it. a great job with the trailers of that wondering if dr strange was going to end up being yes it was going to be strange supreme as what yeah. his name is in what if and no that wasn't that was one of the things where i said if you think you know what's going to happen that was not strange mm-hmm. supreme it was a different one who used the dark hold i don't he used the dark hold in he dream watched what with if. the zombie one yeah yeah but at any rate um <laughs> It's a lot, man. So it, that's what I said. There's a lot to take in. So America Chavez is there. We don't know who's chasing her, which we find out later. It's Wanda. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. But we're in, we're in Sorry, spoilers. Stop it. <laughs> so we find out later that it's Wanda that's behind all this, but mm-hmm. they don't know it at the time. So they go to Wanda for help. Well, I was a little confused too because at one point when Xavier is in her mind, it says your other personality, Scarlet. Which so is there like. Two identities, Wanda. And yes, Scarlet? that was what from WandaVision. That, yeah, okay. you learn about the Scarlet Dark Hold. Witch, is. No, and I saw that. Well, but Scarlet like, Witch is like a being. That's what Agatha yeah. Harkness <gasps> was so afraid right. of. Okay, okay. And okay. so there's something about Wanda and Scarlet Witch kind of being together. It's kind of an overlap. One of the things when they go to Wondagore Mountain, that's a big thing in the comics because that's where Wanda was born in the comics. Was mm-hmm. Wondagore Mountain? Her and uh, mm-hmm. Pietro, her brother, were the children of Magneto in the yeah. in the comics, and. You know, Magneto works as a name, but it really should be Magneto because I mean, he's Magnet. Are but we really going to anyway. argue about this? <laughs> <laughs> when you I just say love it, that look, they when brought... it's written down, it's one thing. When you say it out loud, you realize it really should be Magneto, but it sounds better as Magneto. <laughs> well, let's draw rate, back to WandaVision, I wondered too, how if, they I wondered if we were going to see that there was a version of the two that were actually Magneto's children. Yeah, I know. I honestly thought that. Maybe that's in I the 40 minutes I thought Ian McKillen would show up at some point or Michael Fassbender would show up at some point. I'd take either one. That would have been cool. Yeah. Because that's one plot point they haven't explored yet is is if Wanda is I guess in our MCU we obviously know that her parent we saw her parents yeah in yes um, in they were Westview. from Sokovia yeah and we saw them in Westview but um, or in WandaVision but we never got to explore like another universe where Magneto is actually her pa- her dad yeah and we all love Magneto well and so yes. Wondagore Mountain is kind of this weird mystic science place so that 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 I thought that worked well and it it was cool to actually see that acknowledged but again like Marvel can do they can sort of transform it into whatever yep. they want technically the woman who delivered though the woman who delivered wanda was like a half cow half woman like named bova it's a weird thing um i actually Comics. wondered the the high evolutionary was a guy who uh, a marvel comics character who kind of worked out of wonder and i thought maybe we'd get to see uh that character but we didn't so 
again, comic knowledge doesn't really matter since <laughs> you're Such watching. Going, Ooh, are we going to see the high evolutionary? Are we going <laughs> to see the points don't matter? The jokes don't. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but we, but we lose. Well, at any rate, so we find out yeah. Wanda's the one who's behind it when Doctor Strange goes for help and she gives away that she already knows about the girl, and then suddenly the facade drops and everything's dead around her, and you see that she's been using the dark hold, and then we find out that the uh, the book they were chasing at the beginning of the movie, which was. Name is escaping me Sha- now. Sha- the- Shanti, Ashanti. Ashanti. Oh, yeah. the Book of Vishanti. The Book, the book of, of Vishanti. Vishanti. That's right. They were so they were trying to take the Book of Vishanti, which is kind of like the Book of the Dead and the Book of the Life and Mummy. Yeah, uh, um, that's what I thought about too. <laughs> me too. So, and it makes sense. You have the bad book and the good book. But there's multiple. But you think that that's where it's going to go, and then it turns out that the Book of Vishanti doesn't do anything because they fry it. <laughs> like so, instantly. I know. Wow, that was a great MacGuffin that they chased for a while. <laughs> So the multiverse is now accessible to beings from either side. There's no time variance authority to prevent that from happening or to fix uh, it once it happens. Mm -hmm. And so now everything's just kind of in chaos. And it's now can Wanda catch up and catch uh, America Chavez. So Mm -hmm. she portals them through a different dimension. She's unable to control her powers, at least as far as she knows, as far as she thinks she can do. Um, she runs them as far away as she can, takes them to the earth where Dr. Strange is dead. That's where we meet the Illuminati. Wanda shows up by dreamwalking. So she just finds the universe they're in and takes over the Wanda that's in that reality and chases them down. And the reason she's in that re- she wants to be in that reality too is her sons. Are yeah, there. that's real. the biggest. Well, but in plot lots point. of different yeah. realities, that's yeah, where she keeps she's, going. She's, to she dreams about them every night. She's the only reality where she doesn't get. To have kids, basically, and that's really her drive through the movie is that she wants to be with her boys, and that like that's what really drove this movie for me, like as a mom. Oh yeah, okay. I was like, I well, and the no, fact no, 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 that no, keep I was going, like, keep going. well, that's what drove it for me is because I, I don't, I, I you'd, wonder you'd if murder I wonder multiple if, people to get to a different reality you know where your kids are. <laughs> Besides, like Thanos, like this one's kind of very conceivable. It's, it's also as a, it also brings understandable up, as a villain. It also brings up a good point that I don't think anyone really, I've never really thought about too is that Wanda had to kill Vision. Yeah. Because they were trying to kill, destroy the Infinity Stones. And in the end, anyway, Doctor Strange gave up the Infinity Stone. So she brings up the point to Doctor Strange, like, I killed my husband for no reason. Like, I killed, yep. not her husband, but, you know, the man I love for and no reason. And it's your fault. Because yeah. without the Time Stone, he couldn't have rewound it back. Yeah. And, and so I think that's... And like, killed him and taken the Time Stone. But still, the whole <clears throat> being a mom of two, mm-hmm. and that was what drove it for me, because I am... A bit of a Wanda sympathizer because yes. during okay. that whole movie there you're was a part be, of me. You're meant to be. Yeah. yeah, I wanted her to get her kids back so bad, but I was also like, "You're doing it the wrong way." There's just absolutely you, you kind of have to face the facts that it's not going to happen. But I could just feel her pain the whole time because I would do anything to get my kids back. I would do anything. to- Would you kill the alternate version of you so you personally could have them? Because that's what ended up. That was the key point. Yeah, was, that uh, Chavez points out. Like, are you willing yeah. to kill this Wanda so that you can have her kids? Yeah, and, but that's the, that's the thing that it, make, makes you think. Well, even too. if they didn't know about it, would you be willing? And she was willing until her kids knew about yep. it. Then she wasn't willing. Yep. Okay, but now this brings me to the biggest point that was unanswered in the movie, and that I don't know is going to be answered later. In. And I'm interested <laughs> to hear your thoughts. Okay, Wanda's children are not real in any universe. Either she created them. In this universe, that means Westview is happening in all those universes where she goes to where her kids are because Vision can't have kids. 
No, I wonder the she same thing, too. She created them fake. So she's going to another reality to take over fake kids. And when she goes to that, is the Westview happening? Are the members of the Illuminati not aware of what she's doing in Westview? Because she can't have those kids or did she in those we, other realities. Or did she create them with Vision? Like, she's a freaking powerful magic But orange. that's my point. They're not real. But she never... They're not biological no, children. No, like all, all mothers make their children with magic. Like, it's... But, Natalie. but no, because it's funny that the, this is the what, whole movie. But this is what broke her in the comics. This is where the best Avengers tales came out of when she because she in the comics, they never really went over this. She had the kids and they were visions kids. But really, how's that possible? Well, it's just magic. Well, when she finally finally dawned on her, when somebody finally pointed out your kids aren't really real. And they like break apart because they're they're created by her hex magic. Is Anakin real? What? <laughs> Go back to Star Wars. He was he's conceived with the Metachlorians, right? Like, sure. So, like, her kids can be conceived with magic too. Like, it doesn't have <laughs> to. Metachlorians aren't magic. Too... They're real. <laughs> no, no, no. You're being too literal. Of course, they're her kids. Hang on, you got to have all the pieces here. Wanda created her kids in Westview. Yes. Where she had controlled the entire town. Yes. And created her kids to have this happy alternative life. But we don't if those kids exist on any other plane, the same kids, they have to be made the same way. No, they but don't. But do we also, do we they also know? They have to be made through magic. They can't they can be, be made vision. through magic, but it doesn't have to be the Westview. But it doesn't have to be does. in that specific instance. No, it I don't does. think so. But because she doesn't create them another way. But we also don't know if Wanda was actually like an Avenger in that universe or if she was she just has like a power. person. She does, but we still don't know if she just like kind of grew up a normal person. Maybe she didn't have to go through all the trauma of Sokovia. Mm-hmm. So then her... why would she create the kids with magic? But, no, I'm saying the what whole if... reason she created them in WandaVision was to deal with her grief. But what if well, she had another husband that wasn't Vision? Then they wouldn't be those kids. But you can't That's do my that. point. Yes, I can. It's the whole. It's a multiverse. It's anything the of the point. Anything is possible. It doesn't have to be. She just She had to create those kids out of magic, no matter what universe she was or in. Or maybe that Wanda understood a way of creating her kids without having to corrupt a whole city, a whole town. So it's just like, I just I think you're too literal in the have to there. But I think it's, it's specific because the it's Illuminati are like the head <laughs> beings protecting that world. And is this going on? And they just didn't know about it. Is I, she this powerful being who creates her kids out of nothing? Did she create them by herself? Did she love Vision? Did Vision even exist in that world? Well, that's why you got it. They never mentioned Vision. They don't mention exactly. that one. And they are, the last name is uh, her last name. But I, I think you're being a little too literal. I, 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 you're just being a little too literal. And if you look at that world, uh, I, I was watching it when I was watching it the second time. Like that world is, you look at it, rules mean so much to that world. Like the way everyone was all dressed the same. They were so careful about following red light, green lights. Uh, the literal interpretation that the Illuminati took. Like maybe that's a world where the rules were so specific that uh, different possibilities were able to come through that. So she was able. To- you, you know what her power is, right? They've said it in WandaVision. It's the, the- it's chaos magic. Yes. But maybe in a world where you you have to follow the rules a little bit more carefully. Look, I'm just going by what happened. You guys are trying to make it into what you wanted it to be. I'm just saying. She well, may not have gone through the trauma of, of Vision and her brother in that other universe. So she's kind of like, oh, I know how to use my power for good. Because she didn't have the black fingers. That's because she didn't use the dark hole. Exactly. So that, mm. so- but she created the kids before she used the dark That's hole. That's true. 
But I don't think... Look, I know you guys love Wanda, and it's okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that to me as I was watching it. Actually, it kind of dawned on me as I was thinking about it afterwards. Like, hey, those kids only existed because of Westview. So is she Westviewing every universe where they exist? The, I don't think they would have allowed it. I think because Charles Xavier is like, I'm surprised and that so he actually got Charles killed Charles Xavier off. goes, <laughs> oh. well, okay, that was another shocking. The way that she the killed way. the Illuminati so quick. Which then brings up one of the things that I was like, really? She can just wipe out the most powerful beings in that universe, but she can't get through a big metal door that they're running through a tunnel? Oh, I know. But that, <laughs> Come on. You have to make it into a No, I know. I, I, like I said, I can accept well, and it. it awesome There's a suspension totally of disbelief, the, the but I was like, limp. look, come on, man. She just wiped through the most, like, four major superheroes, four or five major superheroes, and then she can't seem to catch up to the two people that are just running. But she also did do it in a creepy way. It was a good jump scare. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Uh, okay, so that that was my biggest question. I mean, it's not even a pet peeve. It's not a pet peeve at all. It's just, to me, it actually adds to the layer of the villainy of, of she's so blindly obsessed with getting the kids back. It's not just beyond, uh, it's not just her taking over uh, the Wanda from that world and not caring because she wants, but it is a very selfish decision. It's a very selfish decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I need this, I want this. And my grief is such that because I have this power, nothing else matters. And so I'm going to go do this thing. And so it was good to see that she didn't give herself completely into that. I have read a few people's uh, fan complaints was just by her going full villain, it seems to undo a lot of yeah, the emotional progress yeah. that she'd made in in WandaVision. But I don't know. I mean, we, we don't know the end of the storyline. It's not like they're like, okay, the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, we also don't know like – they don't really explain what's happened to Wanda now. They didn't no, really. It was ambiguous. Did, did yeah. she die? It looked like she did, but again, wow, we've Marvel proven that heavy good. things can kill really powerful heroes in this movie. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Marvel, in in Marvel, in any movie, really, any mainstream movie, if you didn't see them die, it is ambiguous. <laughs> and even if you did, Vision can come back in two ways, not just one. <laughs> Only through Wanda power. Well, no, because the uh, they reconstructed him. Oh, the, that's the, right. The but it did take Wanda's power to recharge. Whatever it is you to gotta turn him back where on. White White Vision went off to. That's true. You didn't see him in this movie. Kinda, maybe that's never mind. You're right. See, there's so many places this can go, <laughs> and it's a multiverse, so it can go. But now maybe want. that's what Loki. Maybe that's what season Loki ends up being. Is that there's all these Wandas and all these other universes that he has to fix. Maybe. <laughs> and is she a villain in all of them? I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Scarlet Witch has always been a complicated character. She was first introduced as a member of Magneto's Brotherhood of Mutants. The Evil Mutants is yeah. what they were originally called. Now they're just the Brotherhood <laughs> of Mutants. We are the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. <laughs> For PR reasons, they changed it to just the Brotherhood of Mutants. It was too obvious that they were the bad guys. But she eventually then leaves, realizes that their dad's kind of crazy. And so they leave and join the Avengers, which was like a big deal that people were like, what? This was Magneto's. They don't know that they're his children, but mm-hmm. they knew. In fact, I don't even think Wanda and Pietro knew that they were his children at that particular moment. They join the Avengers. They become one of the good guys, a pair of the good guys. Eventually, Vision's created. Eventually, she falls in love with Vision, which always seemed weird to me, but whatever. Um, I get it. At least, at least for this one, right? at least for this it. one, she had like horrible childhood trauma. So her falling in hopeless love with the with a robot. He's a good robot. He can lift Thor's hammer, so you know he's got uh, goodness so in Steve. She liked Steve in the comics for a little bit, too. Know, in fact, Steve when she mine. snaps, when she snaps, <laughs> at one point she makes out with Steve and he's like, what? <laughs> but anyway, she, she eventually breaks up the Avengers. Her, her powers go crazy and she forces, like, a, she kills a bunch of Avengers and they, they fight. And uh, one of them, like, 
She-Hulk goes like super hulked out and she tears Vision in half because at that point he's like not he's like white robot Vision. At well, that we point. do have a She-Hulk series coming up, right? But I mean, let's just say they're not going to do these things yeah. exactly. But yeah. that was that to me was when the Avengers actually got to be cool storyline for me as an adult uh, was right from that point on. But at any rate, it opened up the doors to everything else. Uh, we have a multiverse. Wanda eventually realizes that uh, maybe she's gotten a little bit too self-involved in her grief and that she's causing grief to others that she didn't intend uh, or that she turned a blind eye in her own mind. And so she takes, she brings down Wondagore Mountain on her so nobody else can use the dark hold, And then... Uh, and takes them out on all the other universes too. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. She goes through. Because she's, she's powerful. super powerful, Andy. Yeah, Let's well, no, not get into I this. I wasn't complaining. I'm just like, <laughs> somehow she did that. That's right. But, well, she and must then, have dreamcast all of them, though, because she can... And then the movie ends with uh, America becoming a, a disciple trainee at uh, at the Camartage. And all the people that were dead aren't dead anymore. Did you uh, notice that? They was it? Yeah. Because like the... I thought somewhere, but... No, the, the big the ones are. The ox back, guy is back. The Sarah's back. He's actually a person in the comics. The great I, I ox thought guy. I, I thought there's something I should probably just be aware like, of. He's just like Maybe he's the Dr. cow Strange. lady's husband. Uh, they didn't say that when I was doing Deep Dive, no, but they I mean, should maybe. do that, though. I don't know. I, That's I was the thinking. next Disney maybe Plus Maybe that guy is like a reference to Green Goat, to Bova. Green Ox know. Man, and Half Cow Woman. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the title of the next film. <laughs> and we would love it. <laughs> but the, I think the biggest question for me after all this is, where are they taking the next phase of the MCU? Because mm-hmm. they have all these Disney Kang, the Conqueror. Well, it came the Conqueror, but they also... He's going to be the next Avengers well, Big Bad, so all the things are going to be some service... To connecting something to there. But they I also mean, have Mormu now. And we have because Agatha. Mormu, the bad guy that was in Dormammu? the- Dormammu. Dormammu, who was the bad guy Mormu in- would be the uh, the, the <laughs> cow woman's cow. little child, probably. <laughs> Mormu more. The bad guy from there one. Well, we have Agatha Harkness, uh, House of Agatha Harkness coming out. So yep, we have she a little more witchy series. stuff and probably more Wanda. But I wonder if they're going to tie in the Disney Plus series into the, the movies, or if they're going to keep they them separate. They totally did that with this. They did, but- it's just a lot to right? take in because they did a good job of the first phase of the MCU kind of like, you know, keeping it around Captain America and Iron Man where we don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. We don't know who like the, our our main Avengers are. I mean, I kind of feel like Spider-Man is going to be one of them. I don't. But it's kind of this don't. next generation coming up. But it, I just don't know because I feel like they're like taking every superhero that they can and using them in the MCU right now. Well, so. we have Thor coming up. Thor, Love, and Thunder. But I'm sure that's yep. going to be Thor's last and the now they No, he wants to then keep we doing have it. Black he Panther does? two, Yay. and because we don't know what they did with Chadwick Boseman because mm-hmm. he's not there anymore, mm-hmm. and then you also yeah you have Miss um, Marvel. Marvel coming called, out. Oh yeah, you've got Miss oh, Marvel. 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 Which is you have She Hulk, and then now they're pulling in um, Daredevil because they introduced him in Spider Man. I'm so happy; he's my favorite. And then, I still haven't watched that series. I've only seen the Defenders. <sighs> I love Daredevil is the best of the Defender series because okay. he's actually a hero that um, wants to do good. He's a good Catholic boy. Yeah, all the other heroes, they don't want to do good. Well, <laughs> meaning like he has a he has a certain limit that he'll take and he hasn't he won't cross that line. But, yeah, and he wait. just seems very human except for yeah, he his other He senses. is very human. But yeah, after this movie I'm I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what they're going to do with Marvel. I'm just I'm excited for it. I I hope they just I, don't mess it up. And I just want more well, Thor Love and Thunder is going to have the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Well, yeah, and Taika's directing it, Sorry, so we're fine. Could you say that again? Sorry. Once Could you say that again? Siri disagrees with your taste too. Not just, I just want to know. Yeah, I just want to know that if yeah, where they're if 
you know, I'm glad Taika is doing Love and Thunder because he just did a fantastic job with Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. But it. I'm just impressed Natalie. They got Natalie Portman to do it again, and I she know. buffed. She bulked up. She talked I about know. how she the intense workouts she, she had to do. Amazing. So she's not CG buff. She's like real buff. Mm-hmm. But I just want to know, like, like even with Captain Marvel, where are they? What are they do with Captain Marvel? Where are they going to do? Oh, with we got more scroll stuff. I, I know we just, something have, is going to lead into we have Secret, the Secret Invasion. Invasion oh, yeah. too. So which was just a like, great comic storyline, by the well, way. It allowed them to fix a lot of continuity problems we just have, by just I, saying, oh, it was the Scrolls that did that thing that King we didn't like. But what if King the Conqueror only stays within Loki? No, he won't. You don't think, think it'll so? spread out? No, no, he's the big, he's an Avengers I know he's bad. a big baddie, but still, well, there's a lot of big baddies out there you that give me they've John, kind of dabbled out. No, but they've said he's going to be the villain for the Avengers. They've said that. Okay. Maybe I missed that. Reed, Reed Richards, John Krasinski. What's his last name? I can't ever say it. Krasinski. Krasinski. Now so it's going to be a thing. I so want to see here's that. the question. That's another good question. Is is he going to be in the Fantastic Four? Because remember, these are multiverses. They are so making a Fantastic it, Four movie. No, I know, but that's yeah. what Maybe I'm saying. Is John Krasinski going to be Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four, or is he just playing him in this role and they've got somebody else I hope in the they actual don't. Marvel Cinema? Because Marvel 616 is different than the universe they were at. I know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's hard to say. Watching him get ripped up like a meat grinder was pretty... That was cool. Pretty rough. That was cool. But All also, the like, rough. it kind of <laughs> shows that you know, but Fantastic Four is like too. she's called- like, is 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 their mother? St- is your kid's mother still alive? She's like, good. Someone will be able to take care of them. Like yeah. in her mind, she was doing. What oh was gosh, right for the that made good. me cry. That was oh. hard when she says not they for will the be loved. Good. Not for she greater good. She was doing calculus. what was right for her. What she, she did wanted. The, cal- the universal calculus. But Stop making excuses for Wanda. She no, brutally <laughs> murdered a bunch of people. I'm not going to justify I understand the reasoning, too, and I agree with you, but don't justify what she did because it's not okay. But it's still like Mistakes made me were cry. Made. People it. were hurt. Gee, you think, Wanda, what are you going to do to the next guy? Oh, cut him in half. Because That's what you're going to do. It just sucks for her because she's had to make this sacrifice twice. Right, for that sure. she has had to give up her, her love kids of her life twice. And then you know kids, why she had to give up her kids twice? Well, it's because her. she went after them. <laughs> well, I know, but you still feel for her. Like I, gosh, I was crying because she knew what she had done and that she was that her kids saw her as a bad person, and that's like what made me break oh, down because so I was like hard. that. It, that was like so hard to watch because. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. As a parent, sometimes you're like, why do I have to be the bad guy? Like, sometimes. Because you don't want to be the and bad also, guy. As a parent, why can't I just get what I want sometimes? Like, you sacrifice so much for, for your kids. And I'm, I'm just an aunt. <laughs> but, like, every kid I meet, I'm like, oh, you're you're my honorary niece and nephew now. So, yeah. it's just how it happens. But it was a hard ending. But, again, this movie, I'd want to know how it's going to fit into the next phase of the MCU. <laughs> well, the good news is we only have to wait a couple months to True. see if... It ties into Love and Thunder in any way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the multiverse is going to change anything. Maybe that's how Thor's broken hammer shows up in Jane Foster's hand. Well, we also know that Captain America took the hammer somewhere at the end of Endgame. Yeah, he took it back. But where did he take it to? He took it back to the Thor the Dark World because that was the was unbroken time. hammer. And the one that Jane catches is so the long. cracked hammer. How do you remember oh, that's right. all this? And you keep it separate from the comics. That's crazy. I just do. <laughs> It's part of the reason I'm a host of this podcast. Ever since I've become a mom, I can't retain stuck, this knowledge. It's just stuck My up in the brain. My brain's never worked like that. I just enjoy it. Oh, okay. I have to say this because I'm a nerd. Ready for the Disney nerd, nerd moment? Yes. Disney? We haven't had a Star Wars moment for me yet, but mm-hmm. go ahead with your Disney moment. I had moment. a Star Wars moment for a second. Disney part at the end. Okay. So the kids are watching Oswald the Lucky Rabbit on the television. That is this true. is a world I wondered where about that. I thought, that looks like Oswald. Oswald didn't get canceled. Oswald, and yes, Oswald never got canceled. So there was no <laughs> Mickey Mouse in this universe. And I was trying to see it. At, one of the kids had a watch that looked like a classic Mickey watch. And I think it actually had Oswald on it instead of Mickey. So there's no Mickey in this universe. That's kind of fun. 
I like I that. 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 That's a nod that I didn't actually catch the first time oh, I watched it. That was like the biggest nod. I think I leaned over to her. I'm like, that, this is yeah. what that looks and like it, Steamboat Willie, but it doesn't look no, like Steamboat awesome. Willie. And, and it then was, it was the next scene, they have Snow White in the background. They had Snow White playing the background. Which was very good because, yeah. I, I thought it was Bambi at first, was but it? I was like, Bambi's mom died. No, she is... was she was showing the 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 princess out of the darkness, and it was a, it was the little creatures, just like America Chavez, a younger, more naive looking person, was bringing. Actually, Witch and Wanda I read. The the, I thought it was you that said it, but I might have read it somewhere else. The scene they're showing is all the creatures running from the dark witch blowing up her magic, which is exactly what Wanda was doing at that oh, moment. Yeah. Okay, so it's so later the, in the, the picture Snow in the movie. That they're watching is a reaction to what's happening in the room, essentially. It was like a double Easter egg right there. So it wasn't just Snow White. It was the scene where the witch is gathering up her dark magic (gasps) and all the animals are running from it. Good job, Sam Raimi. Yeah, so Yay. that's that's uh, that's some deep cut Easter egg stuff right there. There's some good like Sam Raimi deep cut stuff. Bruce Campbell being the pizza papa guy. Yeah, <laughs> you, well, you knew that uh, Bruce Campbell was going to be in it if it was a Sam Raimi movie. I thought that was a pretty funny way to do it. He he keeps punching himself until the final final end scene. <laughs> then he looks at the camera and is like, "It's over." Like I love it. There were two that. breaking the fourth walls. That was one. Yep. That's a semi. And then when Wanda um, breaks the fourth wall and looks at the at the screen when she takes over the other world, Wanda. Oh. And see, that didn't Such really click for films. me. I, I didn't click it as a breaking the fourth wall. It was just, I thought we were doing it so we could really see into her eyes and see the, the so evil I was, I was taking it back to Wanda. Over, but she could have looked show. up, down, or whatever. She also just left her kids at home. Just saying. I thought about that the whole time. I was like, Wanda, you just left your kids at home. And she was barefoot. By themselves. <laughs> yeah. She just took off. Yeah, they were watching TV. That's I'm what sure most moms fine. do, right? But <laughs> running around in the glass stuff. A like, bit. hey, this watch Snow White. I'll be back in an hour and a half. <laughs> and then the last thing I think we should talk about is the message of the movie is, are you happy? <gasps> oh, I loved that. I liked that. That was kind of a theme for the whole movie mm-hmm. was the, when times. Christine asked Doctor Strange, like, are you happy? He goes, yeah. The Stephen Strange is like, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. But inside, he's really not. Then and the then evil Strange. And then, you know, even Wanda tries mm-hmm. to tell Stephen Strange, like, I can put you in the universe where you're married. To her, I can do that for you. And he's like, nope. And then I loved at the end of the movie when um, Steve is at, Steven's asking Wong, like, are you happy? And Wong's like, yeah. And, he's, and he kind of like reiterated, it's like, there's going to be moments in this life that are hard, but mm-hmm. it's the people that you get to go through it with that make it worth it. Well, and he says very poignantly, he's like, I could be thinking about these other multiverses and what I'm doing there, or I can be happy where I am right here. And I'm like, oh. I thought that was like a really great message. Honestly. I needed that because <laughs> that's why I say like when I we talked about in the first like don't think you're gonna watch this as a horror film and feel icky at the end. There's actually mm-hmm. like a story that makes you think like am I happy? And that and they you know at least touch a lot in this movie about why you should be happy where you're at. Okay, so since you brought it up, okay, you am guys I, should Doctor Strange have been rated R? No, no. Okay. In the 90s or earlier, it probably would have been a rated R, I think, just for some of the gore and the scary The way that imaging. people died. And how realistic it was, but we've, we're a little we've been corrupted. Yeah. I didn't think it was very realistic, which is why I was fine with it being PG-13. But I think absolutely it not. Real. It should never be rated R. Mm-mm. And if you have to consider it, then you need to back some more stuff off. I, I understand Deadpool and the fandom and all that stuff. And that is funny for what it is. It's meant to be like goofy and over the top. And so, you know, ridiculous violence, but ridiculous comedy and all that stuff. But uh, a Marvel Cinematic Universe where it all ties into a big story, you can't make Spider-Man No Way Home on the one hand or, uh, you know, something that's, you know, there's an, 
how many, I don't know if any of them have been rated PG and they've all been PG-13. That's fine. I, I think all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies have been PG-13. But you can't make a movie, in my opinion, as a father of six, you can't make a movie that's family-friendly with that character and then have the next movie be not family-friendly. Like, you, you gotta, you, you either gotta keep them separate. Like, at this point, Deadpool hasn't showed up in anything else. And if Deadpool shows up in the movie, then it will be in a comedic way where he doesn't cross any lines and he'll probably make a joke about not crossing any lines. Mm-hmm. Kind of like he did yeah. in Once Upon a Deadpool with the little beeper thing, he'll just break which the was wall. funny, right? And, yeah. that, and that works and because he's kind of a weird, a he's a weird character. But, but if you're going to make like this is all part of a big cinematic tapestry, there's shows here and there's stuff here. I understand the reason why people want it to go older. It's just the thing. That's why I said that the Avengers stories in the comics got so much more interesting to me in the mid-2000s when they stopped writing it for, you know, a perpetually 12-year-old audience. I mean, because that's really, if you look through Spider-Man all his years, it was kind of written toward, there was, there was a couple of skews here and there, but it was kind of written towards a perpetually 12 to 15-year-old audience. And then, in because, the, you know, at some point you gave up reading comics, Back in the day, we don't do that anymore. But mm-hmm. back in the day, you, you're like, okay, that was what I did when I was a kid. So Marvel would sell to the kids. But then, come the late seventies, eighties, my generation starts to like, I like this. Why would I give it up? Yeah. Why don't I keep reading it? And so then you kind of have a demand for more grown up stories. I use grown up in air quotes. More grown up stories because you're growing up. You're like, you know, I, I don't. I'm, I'm tired of this repetition of the villain of the week. Well, when you're 12 years old and you're just coming into the comics, villain of the week's great. That's what we, that's what I just brought up earlier. Is like that's why I like this movie so much. It doesn't feel like a normal superhero film. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. I like that. There's some you know variants, but they stick to the Marvel formula. There's a reason it's a formula. It works. You want to duplicate it. That's, I mean, one of the things that's derailed DC fans that meet, leaves them so frustrated is not feeling like there's any kind of coherence to it. And Marvel showing that it can be really enjoyable when there's a coherence yes, in time. Stick ties. to it yeah. more than two movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's your frustration, right, yeah. Kelly? Yeah, I love the comics, the DC comics so much. And I just can't get the films I want. The animated stuff is good, but actual big box office, I can't get the films I want. And that's... So that's the dichotomy. I mean, people complain about the formula, but and I get it. I, I was talking to a couple of coworkers this morning who haven't seen Doctor Strange and said probably never will. I'm so sick of Marvel movies. I liked the originals and the first few, but now I'm just tired of it. That's okay. I, I don't. I don't think people are wrong to have that feeling. I I did tell them, of course, that they were very wrong, and how dare they speak such blasphemy? But, <laughs> but no. But then I said, no, that's okay. But it, it works. I mean, a hundred and ninety million dollars. I feel like in a couple new- in a in a week means that it works. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, I feel like this phase is already feeling a lot more adult. Like, I mm-hmm. I thought Shang Chi shouldn't be seen by kids like younger than fourteen, just based on the humor and based on the action and some of the language in it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's. I wonder if that's what Marvel's doing is making their TV series more family friendly. And is taking. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch it, Moon Knight? Yes, I did. No. <laughs> I mean, he's disemboweling a dude on a table while Moon Knight is like, "Cow, well, well." So I shouldn't see it then. No, I no, no, no. You don't see. Really you good. don't see it, but you hear like the sickening sounds of like guts getting pulled out. But and I was like, that's, "What is this?" That is something that Marvel's just is kind of. I feel like that's what they're kind of facing right now. Is how do we keep that this this fandom that we've had for you know twelve years that are all like. Becoming adults, mm-hmm. like me, 
And I mean, I'm 31. Well, no, no, no. But it, it's, a, it's a fair point because in 2008, when the first Iron Man came out, how old were you? I would have been still in high school. So yeah, 17. Oh, you're so young. Okay. So, but but that's my point. This yeah. is the this is the what faces any any pop culture thing over a period of time. You either have to evolve or you have to stay where you are. For years, comics stayed where it was, stayed where it was, and then it started to evolve. But eventually, your audience grows up and says, "Well, I want more than this." That's why The Dark Knight was such a popular movie yeah. because it wasn't goofy Batman. It's, it's probably why the original Batman in '89 with uh, Tim Burton was so popular. Was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the Batman that everybody knew of the 1960s that was aimed at kids. Mm-hmm. In fact, I didn't like the idea at first that it wasn't going to be fun, and it was like this weird melancholy, all this you know growly black suited everything mm-hmm. like. What this is? Why is Batman so angry all the time? Like, I don't know. I mean, but that's because well, the comics and, get... and the cartoons at the time had a more friendly Batman, a kind of a a more silly one. But in these ones, they've aged and they're maturing without kind of over exploiting some of that that darkness that can come with maturity with with Doctor Strange. Well, but they too, have to walk the line because they could have easily made this R rated and had mm-hmm. it be oh, like yeah. real horror, and mm-hmm. then you know had the actual gruesome deaths of the superheroes not just kind of hinted at or cut around mm-hmm. um, in a beautifully cinematic way. Right, but <laughs> but I I'm glad that's why I said. I, if this is the line they go up to, I'm okay with it going to that line. Me too. I just felt bad, and that was my frustration. This is the only frustration I had was I had to go home and tell my nine-year-old who was so excited to see it, mm. buddy, you're not going to see this one in the theaters. What? No. I was like, look, what? here's what we'll do. When it comes out on digital, we'll watch it in the afternoon with the light coming in from the outside on the smaller screen on our TV. We'll watch it there because I don't think what was on there necessarily – was so objectionable. I mean, yeah. sure, I guess you got to draw a line somewhere. But it was the imagery and that size of a screen to a nine-year-old sitting in a dark theater, it's going to be overwhelming. Yeah. And I know the kid, and he's a sensitive kid in certain areas. And yeah. so why would I willingly put him in that situation so he can keep up with the story? I just That's what frustrates me about the movie was like, okay, you've made this movie, and I liked it, and I said everybody over about age 12 is going to probably love it, especially Marvel fans. Like, They're not going to dislike yeah. it, but as a parent who wanted to have the kid watch it, I, I felt bad that I had to go home and tell him, sorry, bud, because if I had taken him to it, I might have had to leave. Yeah. I think that's just the, this is going to be an obstacle that all parents are going to be facing for sure. this next phase. Because I don't... I mean, but you're right. I mean, you've the... got a whole bunch of people that were nine in, nine, in 2008 are now... 23, 24, 25 years old. I, I get why they want to keep going and that the kids who are growing up want more. I mean, that's why like some well, people like Harry Potter. Harry got that's, older with them that's, as I, they I watched I wonder if it. that's what they're doing then is because if you think about it, like, yeah, Shang-Chi and the Internals are brand new superheroes. You can introduce them to the new fate, the, to this new generation where we're used to Wanda and Doctor Strange. So they can make this movie a little bit more darker. So we'll see what happens with Love and Thunder to see if maybe Taika does take it a little bit more. Adult. Well, it's it always like yeah. Magic. We'll see. Maybe this will be the first. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Eternals got the first sex scene in, and like a whole bunch <laughs> of things. It was vague sex scene. It was. <laughs> but but uh, so I, I do understand that this is what's going to happen. But that's going to be Marvel's and and Disney's dichotomy is how do we balance this? Can we balance it? I don't know. I I think there's going to be a point where they won't be able to balance it anymore, and they're going to have to take and go two different directions. 
I mean, they're already having their own troubles with other things, Disney themselves. Yeah, so Disney's this is got just a lot of be... issues in the real world, and that's not gonna that's not gonna help. No, but then they also need to also have a balance between Star Wars as well. No, mm-hmm. they don't. You don't think they're so? doing everything perfectly? No, I'm oh, kidding. It's like, <laughs> Andy, uh, Excuse me, Andy. There's a riot outside right, as we speak. <laughs> We got Obi Wan Kenobi in like two weeks. I'm That's so going to be great. For so excited! But but Star Wars. But, it's look at Star Wars. Maybe Star Wars is the great blueprint. George Lucas didn't care if the fans who were my age in 1999 didn't like the uh, prequel trilogy because he made it for kids. And he said, and you know, even if you listen, look at the cast interviews. And even Ewan McGregor said recently, he goes. Now, those kids who were kids back in 1999, which is who we made those movies for, they're grown up and they want to see the continuation of this story that they grew up on as opposed to like when I grew up on Luke, Leia, and Darth Vader when I was a kid and now I've given them this and they are growing up with it. And so to me, maybe that's what they got to do is George Lucas said, you know what? I can make the movie that you fans want, but I don't want to do that. I want to make something unique. I want to make my thing. Then they got to do that. And people hated that. That's kind of how they've messed but up Star Trek But then they came around. Bit. Well, yeah. I had a whole debate on <laughs> with a coworker this morning about Star Trek. Not a debate. We both kind of agreed the same thing. But we come from very different viewpoints in a lot of things in life. But we kind of both agreed that Star Trek was – Strange New Worlds is a good course correction as far as that goes. Or at least yeah. giving, giving fans who wanted to see Star Trek told where it's just they're doing stuff – as opposed to having it be it's about an alien Trek, or an yeah. issue of the week. It's just, you know, go back to alien of the week. You can talk about issues within the alien, but when it's like, well, no, I'm not going to get into that rant right but now. But that's what they should. But Star Marvel, Wars, yeah. Marvel may just have to make a, a split at some point and either say, because this is what they kind of did in 2000 in the comics. They said, oh, okay, look, we've got 40 years, 40, 40 plus years of, of backstory, of continuity canon that we have to kind of, keep track of in our Amazing Spider-Man title, for example, or X-Men. So then they created what's called the Ultimate Universe, where they're like, all right, let's get some artists and pay. Okay, what if Spider-Man came around today instead of in 1963? How would his origin story be different? We can You can introduce characters whenever you want now, as opposed to, well, you know, Gwen Stacy died at this and point, and Mary Jane Miles and him Morales got married. Right and that's where Miles Morales yeah. came from, was the Ultimate Universe. Okay. And Peter Parker died in it. And that was the thing. So they could take the universe and not be bound by canon. They could kind of start their own stories and finish their own stories. And eventually they merged up in a what was called Secret War when the universes collided, which yeah. is something they talked about in Multiverse of Madness. So maybe that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to – having a multiverse, it allows them to start the story over. If they want to uh, – it sounds like they're already uh, – the new, the next Iron Man is going to be Iron Heart, which is yep. a, a, a girl yep. uh, in her own series. And her name's Ryrie Williams, I think, the character's name. But she was someone from the comics that they're going to bring up to screen. But now with the multiverse, they can do whatever they want. If they want to make another Iron Man, they can make another Iron Man and cast Tom Cruise this time. <laughs> so many people ask me after the movie, is Tom Cruise in this movie? Is he Iron Man? I heard rumors funny. that Tom Cruise is in this. Even now, they're like, there's an empty seat in the Illuminati chamber. That must have been what was supposed to be his. I'm like, no, that was Doctor Strange. Yes, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I thought Mordo took over Doctor Strange's seat. That was pretty cool, though, when he oh, goaded Mordo so into it. so there is an extra seat yeah. in there. That was a fun scene. But this movie got, had a lot of fun things in it. I thought so, the empty seat was there until John Krasinski materialized in it. No, there's one on this side, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I thought it was Doctor Strange, but it makes sense with Morbo. So they did why aren't a, they sitting around a table? 35 minutes. When they know. talk to each other, when their chairs are facing out, like... 
Because it's not talking other? to each other. It's talking to whoever there. That room is very yeah, much designed to, to talk to, to have a villain or something in front of you. It's a lawyer's room. It's a judge. And particularly how there's the cliff in between the layers. The chasm. There. The chasm that they fall into. Great fight scenes in this movie. We never talked about it. The music the scene. The music scene. I would pay... To go see that alone. I wish that would have been extended so you could have the whole songs. Because I had um, Takata Fugue. The yeah, I only played that Beethoven, part. Beethoven, it had so many. Oh, that was the most beautiful I think that was like Bach scene I've ever seen. Or something like that. But it would have been cool to have, like, just played that whole song in it. And like, I just, with the music notes. They better have, like, a behind the scenes come out Danny Elfman writing for that. Like... Oh my gosh, that was the my favorite scene in the whole film. The I funny part that was is unique that and cool. Tony Elfman did the music for the original Spider-Man too. So him and Sam Raimi worked together. He again. also did Ultron, um, Age Ultron. He did Batman, nineteen eighty nine. Batman, he's like my favorite. He did Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. We can have a whole podcast. About I would love movie that. soundtracks. So I know, I will... but we're not allowed to play them, so that would be kind of a Aww. tough thing. <laughs> We'll I know, just I, believe me, that was one of my first ideas for a podcast. I'm like, sorry, you can't play all that music. Oh, but that's the whole point is listening to the music and talking about it while you're uh, listening to I'll it. I'll defend James Newton Howard as my favorite composer to the ends of the earth. Of, of everyone? My gosh, he's barely in the top five. James Newton Howard? Yeah. I would consider one of the best. John Williams, number one. Yes. By far. Danny Elfman, too. Well, yeah. Uh, I put Danny Elfman around number four because Jerry Goldsmith and James Horner before he died. I do like Jerry Goldsmith. James Horner, oh my gosh, did so. Braveheart, Titanic. Mm -hmm. He did Star Trek II and Star Trek III. James Horner, what else did he do? He did the first Amazing Spider Man, which had some great musical cues. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. But James Newton Howard is good also. He did the. He's done. He's done. Uh, the village. He's done Narnia. He did oh, Fantastic Beasts. Who did the oh, Lord did of the Rings? Howard Shore. Howard Shore. I knew there was a Howard in there. He did a pretty good job too. But and you forgot Hans Zimmer. And Hans Zimmer's oh, yeah, good. Totally, I, I don't know. Hans Zimmer's a little too percussion for me, but he loves right. the kettle drums. We should. We're, we're kind <laughs> I can, of weird. Like, I can hear. We're gone. Uh, so there long. is one thing. There was a, there was an Easter egg that this is one that I actually did want to mention. There was an Easter egg. Okay joke that I thought everybody got, but then when I was reading online, they didn't get it there. Uh, when Doctor Strange introduced Reed Richards and uh, of the Fantastic Four, he jokingly says, weren't you guys big in the 60s? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like a double joke. First of all, the Fantastic Four came around in the 60s. That was when they, they were the first of the Marvel comics, and that was when they were probably at their most popular. But the joke was... The Beatles were known as the Fab Four, and he's making a joke like, weren't you guys big in the Aww. 60s? Fantastic Four. I've never heard of you, the Fab Four. I didn't like, make the Beatles connection. Yeah, I they the, were called the, the Fab con- Four, and I was like, yeah. that's the 60s reference I got. Like, Because Doctor Strange wouldn't have read the comic books. Like, That just seemed really out of place. Know but he would know about the Beatles, and so he's just riffing on them. Hey, uh, weren't you guys big in the 60s? But that the, makes the sense, because Doctor Strange is a huge music fan. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, yeah. So, at any rate, anyway, I just wanted to explain that, but... Okay. This podcast was a multiverse of madness with every type this, of every This topic. is madness. This is a multiverse of fanics <laughs> madness. We've got to find alliteration for the title there. <laughs> well, and uh, speaking of fanex, for those of you who've persevered to this point of the podcast, and if you're coming to Salt Lake for fanex 2022 September. in September, uh, or if uh, you're just a local who was kind of on the fence or haven't bought your tickets yet, we have some great news. Our last podcast, when we interviewed Dan Farr from Fanex, he said, you know what we should do? We should get uh, a fan effect. Discount code. Discount code. So, hey, because you're a fan of this podcast, fan effect, if you enter KSL fans in the uh, ticket purchase part of uh, fanexsaltlake.com or just fanex.com, you can get 15% off your tickets any level. It's not just the cheapest tickets. If you wanted to get the gold pass, 
uh, the VIP, you can get 15% off. The code KSL fans. And we're so grateful to FanX for, uh, you know, giving us a shout out like yeah, that, yeah. making uh, rewarding people for, who, who want to spend their time with us here. So, yes. all right, guys. So let's wrap it up here. <laughs> Do we ever wrap it up? We just I'm hungry. What? <laughs> You're probably hungry, too, after hearing this. Hungry for some more podcasts from Heck the yeah. great people here at Fan Effect. Grateful that you joined us for this deep dive with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Hope you enjoyed the movie like we did. Hope you're as disappointed as I am that you can't take your nine-year-old to it because maybe then we won't have this again. But, hey, you know what? I tell my son, it's always going to be there once you're old enough. So it's all right. You'll be corrupted by then. You'll be corrupted by then. Oh, that's good. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again for joining us, Natalie. Appreciate having you as a guest. I'm sure we'll have you again before this summer's over. Heck yeah. Maybe Love Love and Thunder. Maybe before. We'll see. Who knows? (laughs) Kellyanne, always a pleasure. Hi. I'm Andy Farnsworth, and so we invite you to join us again for our next episode of Fan Effect. Now I'm hungry. I want cup up. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and... Get ready, because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.